Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to the Karma You podcast. This is your host, Chloe Brotheridge. I'm a coach, a hypnotherapist, and I'm the author of The Anxiety Solution. Thanks so much for joining me. This week, I'm talking to... Mega monk Heyman Sunim, who is the author of The Things That We Can See Only When We Slow Down, which sold about 4 million copies worldwide. He's also just released his second book, Love for Imperfect Things How to Accept Yourself in a World Striving for Perfection. And that's out now. And I talked to him about what mindfulness is and a simple technique to incorporate more mindfulness into our lives. We talk about why people pleasing is an issue and I know from my own experience and also from chatting to loads of you that people pleasing is a big problem for many of us. It holds us back. It creates a lot of anxiety. So we talk about that. And he also gives his best advice for self-acceptance. So I think you're going to love this episode. I just love the sound of his voice. It's calming just listening to him, to be honest. And just a reminder that my online program for anxiety launches on the 4th of March, 2019. And you can keep an eye on your emails Sign up to my newsletter at karmayou.com forward slash free if you're not getting my emails already. And also have a look on my Instagram around that time if you're curious about whether joining this program could be for you. And it's going to be bigger and better than it's ever been before. There are going to be live calls with me. There's going to be group support. So I'm going to be putting people in small groups on the course so that you can support each other and really have that accountability and small group support to help each other in becoming the calmest versions of yourselves. So it's a course that is designed to help you to become your calmest and most confident self. So without further ado, let's get into the episode with Heyman. So thank you so much, Heyman, for joining me today. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Can you tell us, for people that don't maybe know who you are, what it is that you do and how you got to where you are today? Uh, I'm a Zen Buddhist monk from South Korea. I, um, you know, when I first became a monk, I thought that I would just, you know, have to sit, meditate, and become enlightened. But uh, as I was, you know, living in a Buddhist monastery, a lot of lay people wanted to come and talk to me after the service. So I ended up having a lot of teas with them. And while having teas, they were uh, asking me about, oh, I have uh, this problem with my friend, with my co-worker or with my daughter or um, my boss. Uh, or, you know, I have, uh, unfortunately, I have this illness. I don't know what to do, you know. So they've been telling me, you know, all this kind of stories. 
So I was beginning to listen you know, and attentively, and, and you know, I tried to listen very compassionately, uh, and it made them feel a lot better. So as I was engaged in this kind of conversation, I was inspired, and I started uh, writing on my uh, social media, and then uh, it became a book, uh, it became a bestseller book, uh, uh, and my first book was called The Things You Can See Only When You Slow Down, uh, which sold uh, roughly like 4 million copies around the world, and now I have another book, uh, Love for Imperfect Things, which just came out uh, in the UK uh, last week. Brilliant, and I've read it and I absolutely loved it, and I think it's going to be so valuable for people. What can I ask? What made you become a monk? What led you to, to take that path? When I was very young, I was interested in this huge, you know, topic. You know, who am I? You know, why am I here? You know, I don't know whether you have that feeling. I feel like I was thrown into this world when I, you know, came to realize that. Oh, why am I in this world? You know, uh, so with that feeling, I started reading uh, a lot of philosophy book and especially Eastern philosophy book. I was very much drawn to it, and then uh, I became very interested in uh, religions. So I start, you know, majoring in religious studies in the U.S. And then uh, at one point, I realized that you know, in order to really experience it for myself. I have to actually uh, become a monk and really get the proper training. Uh, that's how I decided to become a monk. I'm sure there are people listening that can relate to that idea of not feeling of this world almost, or not feeling that they can maybe maybe too sensitive for this world or confused about what life is about. And I um, I stayed in a a monastery once in Dharamsala, and I met oh, wow. I met um, Richard Gear. Richard Gere happened to be there visiting the Dalai Lama. So that's my one experience of, of Buddhism, but I did enjoy it. Um, oh, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, can you, in, in the beginning of your latest book, you talk about the problem with trying to be good. Can you explain about that and why that is a problem? You know, while I was growing up, um, my parents or, you know, my teacher, they all told me that, oh, you are good students. You are good. You know, you are a good boy. Uh, so I tried to, you know, be a good boy <laughs> by listening to their advice and following uh, what they are asking me to do. And so I was very, you know, agreeable and very meek and introverted. Um, and quiet boy, and but uh, when I was uh, you know graduate student, you know, uh, I realized that uh, in in a group assignment, uh, because I was saying yes 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 to everything, you know, uh, I was ended up doing all the difficult work, you know, uh, so all the easy work was uh, assigned to some other you know students, but. Uh, I ended up taking very difficult, you know, challenging work all the time. And then because I was getting exhausted and then I thought I didn't know what to do, I was talking to my, uh, one of my students, uh, my friend, and then he told me that uh, you really have to be good to yourself first, you know, rather than trying to be good to other people. Uh, so I think there are so many people try to please other people while neglecting the overall well-being of ourselves. 
So I would like to gently remind them we have obligation to take care of ourselves first. Just like you know, we are, we are, you know, when we are riding on an airplane, you know, we are advised to take the oxygen mask first before assisting others. I, I think it is so true. I think that's such a good reminder. And unfortunately, so many of us put other people first, and it often is due to this conditioning in childhood. We're told, "Oh, you're a good girl. Well done for." you know, getting top marks at school or you're so helpful with your sisters and it, it starts in childhood and then that can just carry on in later life and really affect us. Absolutely. Um, and that was exactly the case for me as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I love, I love that you really talk about this message of being good to yourself first and that being the key to making sure that you can be the best for other people and making sure that you're happy first because we can't help other people unless we, we take care of ourselves first. Absolutely, you know. Um, I think uh, I, you know, I I was as I was getting older, I felt a little bit more comfortable, you know, saying no to you know the some of the really uh, demanding um, requests. Uh, you know, earlier when I was young, I tried to just make them happy. You know, uh, however, uh, now I feel I have much more confidence to say. No, when it comes to a really uh, difficult uh, task they are asking. Can you explain um, about what mindfulness is? Because we hear a lot about mindfulness, but I think lots of us don't necessarily completely understand what it is or what it means to be mindful. Uh, Being mindful means that you are not trying to change things, whether it's your thoughts or feelings uh, or sensation. Rather, you want to be mindful of them, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you be, you, the, your intention is to understand, you know, what it is there. Um, so, for example, you know, let's say I became um, like angry, for example, then um, rather than uh, I completely, you know, lose myself in the emotion of anger, I become mindful. Oh, there is an anger arising. Oh, how interesting. So I take a step back, you know, and then become, you know, uh, able, capable to look into the anger, you know. So rather than uh, identifying myself with anger, I look at them and become mindful that it is arising. Then what happens is, you know, as soon as you become aware of it, then the energy of anger changes, you know, by itself, you know, without me trying to make it go away. It just automatically changes within 30 seconds or two minutes, you know, maximum. Then it disappears slowly. So um, all we need to do is just become aware and become mindful of that. Because so often we're not aware. We might be feeling angry for two hours before we we get so caught up in it and almost as if you're, I don't know, in a daze or something of that emotion and don't even notice that it's happening. How can we become more mindful? How can we actually do that? Um, I think it's easy to cultivate it, you know, for me, whenever I am in a, any kind of emotional pain or in conflict with somebody, you know, when we are in this uh, painful situation, then it gives us more motivation to look at my own mind. You know, what's happening? You know, what have, 
what are the causes, you know? Uh, so when you look at it much more objectively, without any kind of judgment or without any kind of identification, you know, with that whatever that you are you know, observing, then um, you know you will notice that um, your uh, perpetual, you know, uh, thinking, which feed into those emotions, that process stops slowly. So you don't have to believe in your thought. You know, thought arises and disappears. But if we do not give so much power to our own thought, it just goes away. You know, uh, oftentimes we think thoughts are reality. But it is not the case, you know. Thoughts are just the thoughts, you know. It may not be true. I think that's such an important point for, for people listening with anxiety or depression. The thoughts can seem so true, especially when you're beating yourself up or you're feeling like you're not good enough or thinking badly about yourself. And actually, we just need to step back and be aware that it's just the thought. And I, I think that you said in an interview I was watching earlier, today about remembering that we're the awareness and we're not the feelings and thoughts. Can you explain that? Because I thought that was a really interesting point. Right. Uh, we often uh, identify ourselves with, uh, you know, our thoughts, emotions or with our body, you know, uh, stuff that we can see, you know. So I call that a manifest self. You know, the aspect that has been, uh, has a form and shape. However, you know, underneath those, uh, behind the manifest self, there is a very quiet, you know, being uh, that becomes aware of those manifest self. Uh, so uh, rather than identifying yourself with the form, uh, there is a formless, you know, awareness that becomes uh, aware of all those different aspects of your uh, imperfection, for example, you know. So if you are aware of your imperfections, uh, rather than identifying yourself with those imperfect aspects of you, uh, identify yourself with the being who is aware of those uh, imperfections. Yes. And this, uh, this being is very peaceful. And this being is not tamed or polluted by the, the, the manifest aspect of you. So it really is about connecting with that, that inner part of ourselves that is observing and is quiet and is able to observe the imperfect parts of ourselves without knowing that that is us, really, that it's just a thought or a feeling. Why is it so hard? Because I... I I speak to clients every day who might be perfectionists. They, they're overly focused on the things that they feel they're doing wrong or being hard on themselves. I think being hard on themselves, that is almost a universal thing that I see in people. They're, they're much too hard on themselves often. Why are we like that? Is there a kind of a, a reason? And is there anything else that you think we can do to, to accept ourselves more? I think, you know, try to be good at something I don't think there is anything wrong with it you know uh, the only problem is you know if when you are um, you when you become almost neurotic perfectionist mm. uh, obsessing you know about the um, the what you perceive as a perfect you know and so keep ended up putting a lot and lots of hours just to make it right um, I I give this example you know where I 
did a little bit of uh, radio DJ, you know, Buddhist, you know, radio network in Korea. Uh, when I first did that, uh, I, I worked about um, like six months, you know. Uh, I remember my first show, you know, when I did it, uh, somebody told me that I should um, speak in a low voice because the man's low voice is much more appealing and trustworthy and, you know, whatever. So I tried to, you know, speak in a very particular way. Uh, but after pre-recording the whole show, I, you know, asked my producer whether I can listen to it. And then after listening to it, I, I, did, I wasn't very happy. So I was asking, I asked my producer to record, you know, all over again, which I did. And then I asked him to, you know, may I listen to it? So which I listened to it, but some parts of the you know show I wasn't very happy. So I ended up recording that you know show again, that part again and again and again. And then at some point my producer said, you know, Hemin Sunim, I respect you, but we cannot tell the difference, you know. <laughs> so uh, this is all in it was it was all in my head, you know. Nobody cared, you know. So, uh, it, and then in the meanwhile, I was, you know, making my producer stay in the studio until like 9 p.m., you know what I mean? <laughs> so, it, which was unfair to him, you know? So, uh, we often, when we are, you know, obsessed about imperfections, uh, it can easily ruin, you know, our relationship and or we, we may not make the, you know, deeper connections with our body, you know, we often do it. Uh, completely exhausting ourselves, you know, our health. Uh, so I, I think we need some balance. Yeah, I think, well, firstly, I don't think anyone likes the sound of their own voice when they hear it on a recording. I think we all think, oh, is that what I sound like? So not being so hard on ourselves and having that balance and and knowing that actually most people don't notice the things. If we're critical of ourselves, most people don't even notice those things that we are obsessing over or um, fo overly focusing on. Um, one thing I really wanted to ask you was um, about the things that we see when we slow down, because I think a lot of people listening are going to be thinking, I never slow down, so I don't even know what do we see when we slow down. Can you tell us a bit about that? Uh, when we slow down, and we can enjoy things more, you know? Uh, like, let's say you, you slow down and and, and while you're having a cup of tea, for example, then you can actually taste the tea. You know, you can, uh, you know, sense the, the, the sensation of, you know, holding the warm cup, you know, and enjoy the atmosphere, you know, you become a little more relaxed uh, and you can have the fuller and uh, more enjoyable experience. So um, even if you are sitting in a three-star Michelin, you know, restaurant, uh, if your mind is not there, or if your mind is too busy thinking about your work, thinking about your, you know, family, then uh, you cannot enjoy the process at all. I usually recommend that if you cannot take time to slow down, uh, you can simply smile. You know, <laughs> if you smile, what happens is your uh, uh, facial muscle relaxes and your heart, you know, you know, it becomes slower. Uh, and then you can take a deep breath, you know. <sighs> yeah, so like take a three or four deep breaths and then automatically it slows you down and brings your mind to the present moment. 
And when you are in the present moment, all the good things are here, you know. Uh, you can enjoy the beautiful weather. Uh, you can enjoy the, you know, uh, happy uh, meeting that you are, you know, having with your friends. Uh, so that's my recommendation. I think, unfortunately, most of us are going through life so quickly that it we miss we miss so much. And I think probably lots of us are thinking, right, January's nearly over already. Where did it go? I've been on the go the whole time, and I haven't been able to slow down enough to actually enjoy things and so taking some deep breaths smiling having the intention to go a bit more slowly I think is so so important for for all of us and I think you are really you know right about uh, having intention as long as we have the intention to enjoy what is in front of us and bring our mind to the present moment then it becomes much easier to practice. So even if you do it for one minute per day, for example, uh, it's gonna change your life. Yeah, yeah. So just having that intention and being mindful for one minute a day or are there certain practices that you would recommend for people to do? So smiling, breathing deeply, anything else practical that people can do in order to slow down or to have more love for their imperfect selves. Right. Uh, well, one of the easy way is when you are uh, eating something, uh, try to really taste the food, you know. Uh, we just uh, often just swallow <laughs> without really, you know, tasting it. Uh, so taste the food, you know. And also um, when you walk around outside and look at some beautiful trees or, you know, sky, clouds, and just enjoy the temperature. You know, what's how does my body react to those uh, the wet to the weather? You know, for example, uh, or you know, if you are um, you know walking around, imagine that your feet are kissing the earth. So you are just kissing the earth, kissing the earth, kissing the earth. So uh, that that you know, like a little thing we can do to bring our mind to the present moment, like that. I love the idea of kissing the earth with our feet as we're walking. And that's something that people can do while they're on the go, while they're, you know, going to their meeting or going to work. It doesn't, you know, meditative practices or mindfulness practices don't have to be sitting down with your eyes closed necessarily. It could just be a mindful walk or something like that that could really help. One thing I wanted to ask you is about relationships and in your latest book, you talk about how relationships are the hardest thing in life. And I would agree with that. I would definitely agree. Um, what, what can we do to improve our relationships? Um, I think, you know, one of the most difficult challenge we have uh, when it comes to relationship is we want to change people. You know, we want to change our husband, wife. Uh, children, our parents, our co-workers, you know, we want them to change, like to the fashion that I like, you know, to the way that I like. Uh, however, I think, you know, rather than demanding those changes, uh, we, we should try to understand, you know, where those differences are coming from, you know, how come they behave like the way they behave. You know, for example, if you have, a, um, I don't know, like a, if you're in a relationship with your boyfriend or a girlfriend, you know, whatever, uh, then what happens is they are coming from uh, 
the different uh, you know family you know the this different family has a you know different way of doing things uh, so uh, he thinks or she thinks in a certain way because of uh, their particular upbringing so rather than you know judging them and telling them this is wrong uh, I would uh, advise people to uh, look deeply and, and what are the cause and once you begin to understand them your heart becomes softened, you know, you, you become more understanding and you find a little more space to tolerate, you know, those uh, difficult aspects. That's so important. So instead of, instead of just getting annoyed with someone that's different to you, actually looking deeper and, and thinking, why are they this way? What has made them this way? Um, I'm just thinking about my boyfriend. He doesn't like to be told what to do because as a child he was told a lot what to do. So I have to be quite careful and quite compassionate to him that I'm not telling him what to do too much because it brings up his sort of irritation and things from the past. So yeah, I can definitely relate to that one. That's really powerful. Thank you. Um, if you if you wanted to give one if you were to give one piece of advice for people listening. What what advice would you would you give to them? If you feel you are unworthy, you know, if you feel like um, I am full of imperfections, you know, um, rather than believing in your thought, um, investigate, you know, where that judgment came from. Uh, is this thought um, what I, you know? I believe in this thought, perhaps because this is what I was told when I was very young, from my parents or from my brothers or sisters or from my teachers. And unconsciously, at one point, I just internalized those comments and start believing in their, in their comments. However, uh, those kind of comments are you know, coming usually from uh, the speaker's own un unworthiness, you know? Uh, they are not happy with their own life, and therefore they are judging other people based on that particular category. So uh, it may not be a reflection of your yourself, you know, especially when you are young. You know, like how can you be, you know, judged so harshly? So uh, I think rather than trying to um, to say, oh, those are the, my flaws. And see if you can uh, celebrate, you know, see if you can say, yes, I had some imperfection, but that's what makes me a human. You know, that's what makes me so unique. Uh, when I first went to U.S., uh, my English, uh, you know, had a lot of um, accent. I still do, you know, and for a long time, I was very shamed. You know, I felt very, uh, you know, very like I felt very uneasy about my own accent. Uh, however, at one point, I realized that, of course, I have an accent because I am from Asia, you know, I was, I did not, you know, grew up in the US or in the UK, and I, I, I'm bound to have my own accent. So rather than feeling ashamed of my accent, I tried to celebrate, you know, uh, once I becoming uh, much more uh, comfortable with my accent, I realized that other people also feel very comfortable. So it's, but the opposite is also the case. That is, if I become very, very, you know, uh, uh, conscious about my own accent and feeling very uncomfortable and uneasy, then people will feel uneasy because you feel uneasy. 
I, I, I love that idea of really celebrating our imperfections because in society it can often seem as though I don't know we seem to think that it's possible for us to be perfect and of course it isn't no one is perfect no one has ever been perfect and so to actually celebrate that and to to know that it's okay it's part of what makes us human and to really embrace that rather than beat ourselves up about it is very powerful I think another thing that I I was reading in your book was about and again something that everyone was going to relate to you tell a story about um, being told to do something by an older monk and I think um, you write about how in your mind you you started to feel irritation about being asked to do this thing because you were already doing another task and he'd asked you to sweep up and I think we all do that don't we 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 are told something and we make up a story in our minds and we go into I know I find myself sometimes having a, an imaginary argument with somebody that probably will never happen or, um, you know, going over and over, almost obsessing about what someone has said. Um, what, what can we do about this? Because you, you were able to have some awareness and sort of turn that around. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, one of the chapter, I talked about it in my Love for Imperfect Things, uh, where um, I was, my job in a Buddhist monastery was to do, uh, to work in a kitchen. So I was working very hard you know, in, in the kitchen with other, you know, monks. But uh, this old monk came up to me and asked me to sweep the um, stairs, you know. Uh, and then I was irritated because if that was the problem, then he should, he should be the one who's doing the, you know, sweeping, you know rather than, you know, pushing that work to a junior monk like me. So I was a little bit irritated and I was keep thinking to myself uh, without becoming fully mindful of what I was doing. I, my, you know, thought keep on going on and on and on. Like, uh, wow, he must, he's not a good monk. You know, I'm, you know, this is not what he's supposed to do. You know, couldn't he see that I'm working really hard here? You know, where am I going to find time to do this? You know, all of that. So, you know, but, once I started sweeping the stair, it took me less than five minutes. You know, it was really easy task. And I, I, I re realized that I could have done it without this self-chatter, you know, uh, uh, making my mind very negative and unhappy. If I just simply do the, you know, cleaning of the stair, then uh, it could have been, a, you know, it wasn't such a huge thing. But I make myself, drag myself into very negative emotion because I was just overthinking about this. So we create a lot of suffering for ourselves by overthinking or just going over things in our minds or battling against something, which it'd be just easier to do it often or to accept it than to have that mental battle. So I suppose, again, it's about stepping back and being mindful when that's happening. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Uh, one thing you talk about as well is about listening and how listening is a really an act of love. Can you tell us about that and why you think listening is so important? You know, like a, when you are interested in somebody, you know, when you are in love with somebody, then it means that we can actually pay attention to that person attentively, you know, without any kind of judgment, without any kind of preconceived you know, ideas. Uh, so if you can, um, you know, 
listen very attentively to your loved one uh, without those kind of you know quality negative quality then your loved one can uh, talk about anything and feeling that you know whatever I say I will be accepted I will be understood and that's the you know the essence of love you know you, you feel the deeply connected without being judged you know fully accepted so in order for that to happen I think we should just listen uh, compassionately uh, without any judgment. Yeah, so that's one of the greatest gifts that we can give to people, actually, is just listening, being being loving, listening without judgment. I think often we get so caught up in, what am I going to say? If we're having a conversation with someone, we think, right, what am I going to say to this person that's going to impress them or please this person? And actually listening is the best thing that we can do absolutely and we usually like our friends who are good at uh, listening you know uh, we you know, there are a lot of people who are good at talking you know about their lives uh, but i think you know we value people who are much more um uh, allowing the other to shine thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me it's been really really interesting thank you and i def definitely recommend people listening to check out your books particularly the latest one love for imperfect things and so thank you so much and yeah great to chat to you thank you for having me thank you thank you so much for listening i really hope you got some value from that and some tools and tips that you can be using in your daily life let me know on instagram what you think of this episode come and find me at chloe brotheridge send me a message and i'd love it if you would consider sharing this podcast with someone else that you think might benefit from it and if you're listening on itunes please do take a moment to leave a review and give me a rating you think it might not make a difference but it really really does so please take the two to three minutes that it would take and leave me a review and i would love you forever so thanks so much for listening and sending you loads of love and hope you have a great week hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.